Immediately following our, our service, we will have our year-end business meeting, so members, make sure that you stick around uh, for that. I've mentioned a few weeks ago that we have a, a summer intern. David Arthur has uh, been working and preparing messages and preaching on several occasions, trying to get as many opportunities to get him preaching over the course of the summer. And tonight, I've asked that he come and preach for us and bring a message that God has laid on his heart. So, brother, I ask you to come at this time and give that message. Good evening. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms 121. I just want to thank Pastor once again for opening up his pulpit to me today. It is a blessing to be amongst the believers in this church, and I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. I'm really thankful for the wisdom that Pastor Capane has been giving me this whole summer and just for the ministry that him and Mrs. Capane have towards this church. I've learned so much. I, when you start learning, you start realizing how much you don't know, and it's becoming that way that I'm like, whoa, I'm not as smart as I thought I was. But you're starting to learn so much more, and it's been a blessing to see how God has worked through Pastor Capane's life and how he's giving me this wisdom that I don't have to make the same exact mistakes that he made in his life. But, <laughs> but it is a blessing to be here with you all today. If you have your Bibles, turn me to Psalms 121. When I was 15, I had worked a job with someone my mother knew. This person's name was Paul. I worked this job with Paul, and this job was super fun. I enjoyed it. Paul did work on people's houses. So me and Paul would work on people's houses, and he picked up a job doing something called hardscaping. It was called hardscaping. Now, hardscaping is specifically where you lay things down, such as driveways with, like, stones. You would level it out. You would create sand on the as a foundation. Then you would put these things called pavers or rocks down, and you would do this, and it was just a fun job. I enjoyed it. I was able to just learn so much of this job. And you would lay down rock, and it would look just absolutely amazing. It would look amazing, and I loved doing this work. And I was doing this with Paul when I was 15, and Paul had given me the task of creating an area for cars to back up to for this one family. I was ecstatic. I was like, I get to create my own thing. I get to be the creator of something. Me, David Arthur, I get to create something. This is going to be fun. I'm not going to have him watching it. I get to do what I want. They just told me what they wanted. I was like, this is my job. I get to do this. I became exhilarated at this idea of creating something of my own. And I finally create something. I could use my own mind. So I swiftly created this little way for cars to back up into. I created it. I, I made everything smooth. I made it perfect in my mind. And my mind began racing and become ecstatic with the idea that I would be the one to take care of this. And as the years go on, as they need upkeep on this, I get to be the person to protect this entire little back way for cars to drive into. I was the one who created this. I was, I'm going to be the one to protect it. I am the one who's going to take care of it all. Within a month, the people who I did the work for ended up saying, yeah, we don't really want that anymore. I was angry. Are you kidding me? I worked for a good week on this own specific thing, and now these people don't want it anymore? And I had to undo that thing. I took a shovel and just started undoing the rocks. And it's such a beautiful picture of how the Christian life works within our lives. How, we, how God is the creator. He wants to protect us. He wants to keep us. But we get in the way and we want to just uproot everything. We want to just take control. We want to ruin everything the same way those people did. They ruined my dreams of my own creation. God is the creator. He wants to keep us and protect us. 
and we want to ruin it all in reality. Psalms 121 is a beautiful chapter where we get to see these things, how God is a creator, he is a keeper, and he wants to consistently do so for us. Our flesh wants to tear down what God has created, but we must cry to the Lord and cling to his holiness. The entire book of Psalms gives us this deeper understanding of the purity of God, a deeper understanding of the power of God, a deeper understanding of how a personal relationship with God looks like. We get to go through Psalms 121 and see this beautiful picture of God and see how God works through his life, the character of God. Psalm 121 has a very special place within my heart. I remember when I had made the decision, excuse me, to switch back from state police to go into law enforcement, uh, excuse me, state police into ministry, I, I was confused. I was like, Lord, what do I, I thought I had my whole, life, whole entire life planned out. I thought I had every single thing planned out in my life, and it was my plans. And then God said, nope. And I was so confused in my life. Now, it doesn't take a lot to confuse me, but I remember being so confused, saying, Lord, what do I do? Where do I go for college? What do I do? Do you want me to stay home? Do you want me to minister? And this great deal of anxiety came upon my life, just wondering, Lord, what is my future? And I remember reading Psalms 121, and this chapter holds so dear to my heart, and I know that it will lead you guys to do what he has for you in your life, on your daily life. Before we get into Psalm 121, we must understand the history and the context of what this chapter is saying. We must understand the setting of where Psalms 121 is placed. So we see through Psalms 120 to 134, it is called the Songs of Ascent, or the Psalms of Ascent. Now that's a, it's kind of hard to understand. What does a Psalm of Ascent mean? A Psalm of Ascent is when the, pilgrim, the pilgrims of Jerusalem they would go on their way up to Jerusalem. That's why it was called an ascent, because Jerusalem would be on this hill, and these people would ascend up, and they would sing these songs. So they would sing these songs, and they would be climbing. And we get to see this, that Psalms 121, as we're going through our daily life, as we're ascending to where God wants us to go in our life, we can sing these same songs. We can sing these songs and apply it to our own life. So as we read through Psalms 121, we're going to see such an application within our own daily lives. How beautiful is it that we as Christians ascend and go to where the Lord has us and we have the same psalms to sing. As we go through Psalms 121, we can see that God wants you to trust his caring hand. God wants you to trust his caring hand. Now the question must arise, how can we trust his caring hand? What do I need to do to trust his caring hand? Because sometimes it gets hard to trust God. It gets hard to trust God. Simply understanding who God is. Simply understanding the character of God helps us to trust him so much deeper. Helps us to trust God to such a deeper level that no matter the circumstance, we can trust the living God. The God of the word, we can trust him. So how can we trust God's caring hand? Through Psalms 121, we can trust God's caring hand by first seeing that he is a creator, secondly, that he is a keeper, and lastly, he consistently cares for you. God cares for you. God cares for you. He cares for each and every one of you so specifically. So let's read through Psalms 121. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil, and he shall preserve thy soul. 
The Lord shall preserve that going out and that coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Now let's bow our heads before we get into what God has for us today. Thank you, Jesus, for us today, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity to preach, Lord. I pray that you would just give me the strength, Lord, to preach your word. Lord, give me the humility of heart, Lord, that I need to accurately to just show the word of God to these people, Lord. I pray that you would just humble my heart, Lord, and fill me with your spirit, Lord. Empty me of myself, God. Lord, I am just, I am just a worthless vessel being used by a worthy God, Lord, a worthy God, worthy of worship and worthy of praise. Lord, come from my heart, Lord, and just give me the strength to share this word, Lord. I pray that you would just help us to understand how we can trust your caring hand to a greater degree, Lord. I pray that you would just convict my heart, Lord, and direct my heart to say what I need to say, Lord. Anoint my lips to speak, Lord. Anoint their, anoint their ears to hear, Lord, but anoint all our hearts to receive the word that you have for us today, God. Lord, I pray that you would continuously guide these people within our church, Lord. Help Pastor Capain, Lord, strengthen him and his family, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen me once again. Lord, humble my heart, and I pray in your precious name, amen. First thing we see is that God is the creator of the universe. The creator of the universe. Verse 2 of Psalm 121 proclaims the strength of God so eloquently. Verse 2 says, My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Which made heaven and earth. This creates this vast image of God. Where we get to see God as a creator of the universe. Oftentimes we make God to be too small. Oftentimes we just put God to the side and say, yeah, this problem's pretty big. I don't know if I want to go to God for it subconsciously. We don't go to God when we need to go to God. And verse 2 just gives us this deeper view of God, that God is a creator of the universe. Everything is within his hands. I remember being a kid and singing in VBS in Awana. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. We used to sing that song. God has the entire world in his hands. He is a creator of the universe. What a comforting thought to see that no matter what happens, no matter how big the problem is within my life, my God will always be bigger than the problem. My God will always be bigger than anything that comes my way. This proclaims the weakness of man and the strength of our God. The weakness of man, but the strength of our God. Adrian Rogers said it very well. Glance at your problems and gaze at the Lord. We look at when Peter was on the water. As soon as he start, took his eyes off the Lord, he sank. But God lifted him up out of there. The minute you take your eyes off of God is when you will sink. We must continuously cry out to the name of God. We must cry out to the name of the Lord. For that is our stronghold. That is our fortress. You see, the beautiful thing about the name of God is it is comforting the brokenhearted, but also has a power to convict the sinner. It's a beautiful thing we see that we, the strength of our God is so great and the weakness of man is great too. It is giving this contrast that my help comes from the creator of the universe. Where does the world come from? Our power source is so great when we are plugged in to the word of God, when we are plugged into our Lord Jesus Christ, when we are plugged into that, nothing can ever take us off balance. Nothing can ever sink under us because our foundation is within the Lord. What a beautiful thing to see. Job 38, 4 says, Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast an understanding. Nothing compares to the knowledge of God. Nothing compares to the greatness of God. God speaks in Job 38 to remind man of our weakness and his strength, the same way he does in Psalm 121. Nothing can ever be at the level of God's wisdom and knowledge. Who am I to ever question God? Who am I? I am nothing. 
Who am I to ever question the plans of God? Who am I to ever question the will of God? I am simply here to follow his will. And we can only do so by realizing he is a creator of the universe. By realizing he is a creator of the universe, we will realize that he is in control of everything. That no matter how crazy things get in life, he is in control. He is a creator and I am the creation. He is a potter, I am the clay. Mold me to what you want me to be, Lord. He is in control of me. It's amazing to think that the God who has created this entire world could possibly even want to help me. Me, a speck of dust within this universe. But God's deep love is present for me and you. Is present for all of us. God's deep love is there. We limit God's love to simply to salvation. But the cross of Christ is greater. It, it exceeds to everything. His grace is greater. Where sin is, may grace abound. Am I worthy of this deep care and love that God has for me? Absolutely not. Every time I preach, I ask God for mercy and grace because I need his mercy to not give me what I deserve. I deserve to fail every time I preach. I don't deserve the gifts that he has given me. I don't deserve the blessing that he has given me. But he is such a gracious God. We must trust God's caring hand by realizing we are his creation. We are here for a purpose. You see, without God, we have no purpose in life. But with God, we have this purpose for his plan. We have been created for a reason. Not only can we see God's caring hand as a creator, but we can also see God's caring hand as the keeper. Look at verse 5 with me real quick. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. And the verse before that, excuse me. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The word keeper in the Hebrew is understood as guardian, or in other words, protector. He's a protector of our souls. He's a protector. He keeps us. Verse 5 furthers our understanding that we must trust God. Our, we must trust our God's caring hand upon us. He keeps us in every way, shape, and form. He protects us from things that we don't even know. God's care for us extends beyond our understanding. Oftentimes, I will pray thanking God for his protection upon my life in areas where I do not even see. With our limited knowledge, we don't know how much God protects us. God protects us to such a great degree. He protects us where we do not even see. He guards me from all harm. He is a guardian of our life. Just as a father and mother protects a child from things that they don't even know, so does the father protect us from all harm. In my limited knowledge, God acts beyond my comprehension. God's knowledge is limitless. What we can see from this chapter is that our God is a limitless God. We are a limited creation, but God is limitless. The character of God is so deep, it's so profound. The great, this great promise is a promise in which we have such comfort. A great deal of anxiety is relieved. God's promise of protection is not one where he will simply keep us from all evil, but he will strengthen us and equip us to handle the evil that does attack us. 2 Corinthians 12 says, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul wrote of this speaking in his own life when he struggled with his thorn in the flesh. He struggled in life, and he was just confused. He said, God, why won't you take this away from me? Lord, why am I struggling with this, Lord? Why can't you just strengthen me to overcome this thorn in my flesh? And Paul began came, coming to the conclusion that in those moments of pain and trial, he could lean on his God's grace. The grace that is sufficient beyond belief. A grace that is greater than anything else in this world. 
he could lean on is God's grace. Grace meaning God giving us what we do not deserve. We do not deserve the strength that we have. We do not deserve the caring hand that God lays upon our life, this provision that God lays upon our life. He, he provides everything within our life. He cares for the fowl of the air. Will he not also care for you? We do not deserve the strength. His hand of protection is one that upholds us within our time of trouble. Adoniram Judson was a missionary who was known for his perseverance in the midst of trials and just, he, he, it looked almost as if he had no growth within years, but he said, God has called me here. God has called me here. I will not leave. I will stand firm on where God has placed me. I will, no matter what, I will trust him. When people told him to quit, when he had his, his wife died, and then he married again, then his wife died again, he married again, his wife died again. Adnaram Judson went through this pain, and he said, he has not led me so tenderly thus far to forsake me at the very gate of heaven. God's hand of protection will overcome any attack given by the world. The word keeper is understood that he keeps watch for the attacks and guards us from all harm. And we must trust that God will keep us amidst the trials, amidst the trials in life. So far, we have seen that our God is a creator. We have seen that our God is a keeper. We have seen God's caring hand through this. We must also remind ourselves that our God will consistently care for us. He will consistently care for us. He is not just a creator sometimes. He has always been the creator. He will not protect us sometimes. He will protect us forever. He will consistently care for you no matter the circumstance. Let's look at verse 8 real quick. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Verse 8 speaks of how, of how God, no matter the circumstance, will forever consistently care for us. Our God will never leave us nor forsake us. Another beautiful promise was in Scripture. What a relieving promise to read that from now till forever, my God will preserve me. He will preserve me. I'm reminded of the prophet Elijah when having a contest with the prophets of Baal. Elijah would told him, if your God's so good, why don't we create a contest where we're going to create these altars, and if your God's real, why don't you ask him to bring, rain fire from heaven? And so the prophets of Baal were going crazy. They were on their hands and knees. They were saying, Baal, why don't you put, rain fire from heaven? Nothing happened, of course. And Elijah looks at them and says, Maybe your God's sleeping. Maybe he's gone on a little journey. He's mocking them, saying, your God's really not real. My God's real. These prophets of Baal just keep asking, Lord, Baal, why don't you rain fire from heaven? Nothing happened. Your God must be sleeping. But we see in Psalm 121, it says that our God will neither sleep nor slumber. Neither slumber nor sleep. No matter the circumstance, God will care for you. Even amidst our sin, God's love runs deep for you and me. My professor, Mr. DeGange, once said when speaking of Psalms, due to our hopelessness without Christ, we must go to him in our times of trouble and repentance, but also go to him in times of happiness and praise. We see that God consistently cares for our heart no matter the circumstance. And I must ask you today, will you trust God's caring hand upon your life? As you walk through life, will you trust his caring hand? As we go through this week, God will put us through challenges and trials. I don't know what trial God has for you at the moment, but we must rest in knowing our God will protect us, for he is the creator and keeper of our souls. Will you trust your God's caring hand upon your life? Pastor.
Thank you, David. I know that that psalm is, is one that has meant a lot to many folks. Um, it's a, a short psalm, but it contains so much value and so much uh, information that is just pertinent to what we go through almost every single day. Being a, a very simple psalm in its, in its message as far as understanding who God is and the, the fact that he is all-powerful, that he is the one who has created all things. And it's not anything that we don't know, but it's certainly something that we need to be reminded of often uh, because as you mentioned, the, the cares and concerns of this life just pour in. We often lose sight of, of where we are and, and who's really in charge. So praise the Lord uh, for that message. As we close out our time here this evening and before we get into our business meeting, we're going to sing together hymn number 373 in our hymnals, Does Jesus Care? Hymn number 373. And let's stand.